Welcome to the God Knows Podcast. I'm Kevin Shaw, teaching pastor at C3 Hope Sheffield. And today you've got me flying solo. And what we do on this show is explore questions, uh, faith. Uh, We explore uh, the perspectives that may come from doubts that we have. And we think about things from the Christian worldview, but also other ideologies, philosophies, and ways of uh, thinking about the world. What I'd like to do today is consider um, ways that we might explore uh, God, uh, faith, uh, thinking about how do we, how can we, we be sure of our faith? How can we have a, a confident faith? How can we know that what we believe isn't a lie? All of those things that that, that may come into the mind of somebody who's perhaps an, uh, an atheist or uh, agnostic or even dare I say it Christians at times you know we have uh, doubts and there are some great doubters in the Bible I love those people actually they make me feel uh, kind of comforted people like Thomas who said you know not until I see the holes and in, in his side and not only that he wanted to stick his fingers in there you know um, people like um uh, you know, Mary even, you know, how can this be? You know, when she got the good news that she was about to uh, um, be the vessel that would carry the Messiah. You know, I, I really haven't got much time for uh, that idea of faith. It's just this mountaintop thing. Um, and what I want to do is just share a, a little bit of my own story of how I came to faith. Um, calling this episode of um, the God Knows podcast, uh, Finding God when I didn't believe in God. So, yeah, finding God when I, I didn't believe in God. When I hear this question of um, finding God or finding Jesus, have you found Jesus? I always think about a joke I saw in um, uh, in uh, a newspaper where it was a picture of somebody answering the door, a cartoon of somebody answering the door and standing at the door with two figures um, with sort of tracts in their hands. And I'm guessing that it was either depicting Jehovah's Witnesses or maybe Mormons, you know, that go around in pairs and, and knock on doors. And they're asking the question, have you found Jesus? And uh, behind the door, um, this lady standing at the door, and behind the door, there's some full-length curtains that sort of run down nearly touch the ground and sticking out from under the curtains is this pair of feet with, with sandals on. And they're asking, have you found Jesus? And it's like the woman's hiding him. Uh, in in the living room it made me laugh anyway you know it's a bit ridiculous so yeah finding god when i didn't believe in god um today uh, i went to uh, a university uh, by the invitation of one of the professors uh, i went along with an imam that i work with and we spoke to a uh, collection probably about I don't know, maybe a dozen um third year uh, psychology students um who wanted to ask some questions about faith, uh, particularly in the mental health setting. Myself and uh, the imam are both mental health chaplains and they wanted to ask questions about faith and well-being and when is faith helpful and when is faith harmful. And the the conversation evolved into a, a, a little bit of a 
questioning of, well, how do you know any of this is real? Um, not quite so obvious as that, but they ask some really good questions. Questions like, how do you, you know, what's the, how do you distinguish between uh, what's a psychotic episode and what is a religious experience? Because if you think about the prophets of old from all traditions nowadays, they most most would probably get sectioned. I think it's reasonable to say they that if you came. Um, claiming to be from God or, you know, um, Jesus' family may have um, uh, called in the uh, CPN, the the um, the, uh, the community um, psych nurse, to come and have a look at Jesus when he was driving people out of the temple and, you know, making all these great claims. And there's a, there's a joke in mental health that says, if you talk to God, then that's prayer. But if God talks to you, then that's psychosis. But it really got me thinking about about these kinds of questions. How do we really know that what we're experiencing or is actually God, or are we um, kidding ourselves, or or are we being duped, uh, or is there something real going on? Um, my journey uh, really began with no religion in the sense that I didn't, you know, never attended church. I had no Sunday school. I had um, input from school in the sense that, you know, in assembly we'd sing hymns or, you know, perhaps one of the teachers would say the Lord's Prayer, but there was no real um, relational, meaningful, religious uh, experience that I had or training when I was a child. My, my grandmother was a, a Catholic who kind of went at Christmas and Easter, but we never went with her and we never saw the inside of a church in any meaningful way, perhaps apart from uh, things like um, family weddings or we didn't even go to funerals. Um, we, as kids, you know, we might go to a christening. And so I had no background in that and uh, just lived a very ordinary life. One of the lads out on the town in my teenage years and then into my 20s um, and then moved to the city when I was in my sort of early mid-twenties and I at the time I was a musician and fancied myself as being kind of becoming a maybe a, in a pop band or you know make it making it as we used to call it you know looking for record deals and I was in some really good bands actually um, but then I went to church with a friend uh, and it had kind of begun with me reading a, a book on um, Hindu meditation and I don't know where this randomly came from. It was a book that somebody got around. And I think it was by Deepak Chopra. And it was called something like Quantum Healing. And it was it was looking at the idea that you may be able to um, uh, meditate and go into such a deep state of spiritual calm and rest that your body could heal itself of cancer and all kinds of things. And I remember I'd never thought about anything like this ever and as I laid in uh, bed one night, just thinking about this, I had a moment of um, hope or light or something. Not so much uh, from the book itself, but the thought there might be something else that was possible other than medical science that may be able to bring hope in you know really serious situations. I had a number of family members that had cancer and uh, had died early. And so, you know, I suppose that was deep in my psyche somewhere. And so later on, uh, when I was invited to church, I went because it was um, a black church. So uh, 
um, a black majority church and I went as in fact the truth is I was the minority in a church of about 150 200 people I was the only white person the, the first time I went in there that, that that was my experience now you have to understand I'm from kind of a semi-rural background no uh, uh, people of color anywhere in my schooling I think I we had uh, one uh, Indian boy and one mixed-race girl um, but that weren't even well one of them was in my year but but so I had no real sort of cultural uh, education so when I stepped into that church it was literally you know I felt like you know that part where in the Wizard of Oz where um, uh, uh Dorothy says to Toto, you know, we're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. It kind of felt like that. And it was uh, quite a daunting thing to actually step in. And I think it was daunting uh, spiritually. I'd never really thought about God and I'd actually gone to the church, not on not on any spiritual quest, but more looking for, um, you know, the, the music sounded good. I'd, gospel music, would, I'd heard some of that and I knew that the musicians were great, so I went for that. But culturally, it was a, a, a um, well, I can't even describe how I, how I felt going. I felt quite intimidated uh, religiously as well. Um, I, you know, it was it was one of those experiences where you don't know what to expect. You don't know what you feel, but you know that something's going on. And so, um, and so there I was. And you know the pe the people were absolutely amazing, so warm and welcoming, and it was, you know, all these strangers hugging me. You know, they'd, they'd come up and throw their arms around me, and say how lovely it was to see me. One one lovely lady who I, who I later got to know so well, um, she came and she said, "It's so lovely to see you, see you." Um, and you could see she was trying to address the fact that I was there as a white person and I should feel comfortable. She says, "Do come back again and bring the others." And <laughs> That's what I've often laughed about. In fact, I actually wrote a comedy song about my experience um, as a, a, a member and a minister in uh, the Black Church. If you if you if you go on YouTube and uh, or or go on Google and Google uh, Rev Kevin Shaw, and I wrote a comedy song called "It's Fun to Be a White Man in the Church of God." Uh, and I and you, you see me there singing that live, and I, I preached at the one of the church's national conventions um about 2000 people there i think i got about 30 or 40 preaching invitations from that and they always said make sure you bring your guitar and do the song uh but so it was a, a real steep learning curve but as you can tell uh, from me saying that you know i then went on to preach at big events in the church that i didn't just go the one time but i, I began to to go back and and um you know look at what they were saying because here was the thing here was the thing <laughs> and that was i didn't believe in god but i was fully convinced that they believed in god I, i'd never thought before in my life ever that god might be real i think i can remember praying as a kid when one of my uncles died and i kind of said a, i knelt by the bed and said a prayer and very instinctually it wasn't based on any teaching or anything just uh, but, but something there. Uh, so yeah, really nice people, great music, um, and I went back. I went back, and 
I felt I used to feel really nervous. I, I can remember I used to go into the um, toilets and put the the hand dryer on to dry my armpits <laughs> because my clothes would be soaked with uh, nervous sweat. I just felt so kind of um, uh, nervous in the place. But what happened was I reached a point where I thought, okay, I need to understand this. Um, what they are saying, but also what I'm feeling. Uh, because I was feeling kind of compelled almost to to look into it. So my approach was to uh, take a Bible. And at the time, because I was a wannabe musician, I was kind of not working. And that doesn't mean I was being a successful musician. It means I was being a bit of a dosser, really. I was just, you know, not doing anything with my life, just apart from playing gigs. And, um, and so uh, I would go in the day with the Bible that I borrowed from a friend and go to the local park and just sit in the park and I do what you do with any book. You, know, you start reading at uh, chapter one, don't you? And started reading through Genesis. And then I went to the, um, to the Bible study, but I soon realized it was that the book was um, over, not overwhelming. It was something that I wasn't going to be able to just read, grasp, and then, move on with i needed to uh i didn't know what i needed to do if i'm if i'm honest you know I, one of the things that i'd have to say you know as, as i reflect here on on my journey is i am overlaying it with interpretation at the time i don't think i was very articulate about anything um in terms of what i was doing or trying to do i was just acting really on instinct um so I think probably it might be useful to think about why I want to talk about this in in this uh, in this next few minutes, and it's simply because I think I did with on, on with hindsight I did uh, have a uh, a way that I went about my seeking. I went about my seeking, and I went about my approach to God, you know, I've called this finding God when I didn't believe in God, you know, it was that thing of sitting down with the Bible in the park. And from the get go, I had an expectation that if God was in any way real, then he should be able to let me know. You know, nobody told me that really. I, because I'm talking, I don't been to the church two three times if if that when this process started so so i would um sit in the park and my prayers were something like god i don't believe that you're there but if you are uh, then i'd like to ask these questions or i'd i don't even know if i asked for god to help me at that point i think i was just um seeking but it was very much i suppose it was it would have been based on the fact that uh Everybody in the church really seemed to believe that God was alive and active. Um, I think that you know they were uh, that uh, the, the Pentecostal approach, the Pentecostal church, if anything, it's like the ultimate theism. You know, everybody, every one of us, no matter who we are in the world, anywhere in the world, in any race, religion, culture, or nation, we fit into one of four categories in terms of how we think about god and that is either you are um, a theist 
uh, and a theist is somebody from the Greek word theos, which is um, it's for God. Uh, and uh, a theist is somebody who believes that God is living, alive and present and active in the world in a way to test if you're a theist. Would you pray about the weather? Would you ask God to change your circumstances uh, and so on? And if you do, then you believe that God, you're a theist. Um, somebody's the opposite of that is an atheist. Uh, you know, a as in apolitical means to be not political. And so atheist is somebody who doesn't believe in God. That's a faith position in itself because you can't prove that God doesn't exist. So you've taken some evidence uh, or that you've that you may consider as evidence and said God doesn't exist. You've come up with a you can only believe that God doesn't exist. You can't scientifically prove that God doesn't exist. So that's the uh, second way that people think about God. Um, a third way is to be agnostic. Um, that means, a, you know, as in atheist is uh, kind of not God. Uh, agnostic uh, is, 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 is it's, it's to not to know. Um, so uh, I think, it's, is it Gnosko? I, I might my greek's really terrible these days uh, never was brilliant if i'm honest um but so to not to know so the scientists perhaps ought to be agnostic um if they don't have a faith because you, you can't prove that god doesn't doesn't exist you can't prove that he does exist scientifically so agnostic is kind of neutral and some people are agnostic very passively and some are actively agnostic, meaning that they may say, well, you can't know, you know, and, and, and um, but may be interested. And then the third way is, uh, fourth way is deism. And deism is the belief that God is the, the architect of the universe, but he's not personal. You, it's a waste of time praying. Um, and a deist group would be somebody like the Masons, the Freemasons uh, who believe in the great architect of the universe, but it's kind of left to us. And um, so, yeah, there are four ways. Uh, theism, atheism, agnosticism, uh, and uh, deism, the ways that we we think about God. And I, I probably would have described myself as an atheist if somebody had asked me pre-going um, to church, but then I realised I was probably agnostic if I was honest about it. I didn't know you know, um, whether God existed. So, but what I did do without realizing in my approach of saying, God, if you're there, then I'm going to ask you to reveal yourself to me. I was taking a very theistic approach, which is not surprising. It was a very theistic church that I was in, although nobody, I'd never heard anybody describe, you know, stand up and uh, say, let's worship today. You know, we're theists and, you know, perhaps it'd be a good thing for us to do that and uh, have a bit more understanding about the approach that we have. So, so there I was, sitting with my Bible, reading, asking God questions. And um, I think it might be worth saying that I didn't go looking for answers. Now, that, that might sound strange because but the, uh, I've reflected on this a lot um, over the years. I didn't have a question, for example, about the problem of evil and then go to the Christian bookshop and look for a book on the problem of evil. I wanted answers from God. And so what I would do is, <clears throat> excuse me, I would pray and say, God, um, I'm, so I'm trying to understand why there's evil in the world if you're a good God. Um, yes, send me an answer. And I'd wait. 
I'd park it and wait and and so on. You know, it was a it was quite a um <clears throat> I don't know what an interesting way to for somebody who knows nothing. And I wasn't really having lots of conversations with Christians. <coughs> excuse me, excuse me. Um I wasn't having lots of conversations with Christians. I was more just out there on my own. I felt embarrassed about talking to anybody even people that did believe and i was also didn't want people to pounce on me either um so i'd have a bible i'd ask god questions um and you know the bible itself uh talks about the approach um of going to god directly and um one of the things that produced the reformation uh the the the, uh, the Catholic Church was very much you went to God through the priests and so on. But the great mantra of the Reformation, the Protestants who protested against that model and that system, uh, was to say talk about the priesthood of all believers that we can all approach God. And I was doing this in a very natural way. It wasn't because I'd read something that told me I could do that. But then when I looked later, I realised that I was putting my focus in the right places. Um, Hebrews 12, 2 says, you know, we look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And that's what I was doing. I was really, you know, going straight in, in that way. Um, a really interesting thing happened. Um, and that is uh, that a few months after going to church, after picking up the Bible for the first time, one of the pastors at our church um, who is now a professor at Fuller Theological Seminary. Uh, he was running a course, of so going back into the 1990s, uh, um, that was at university. It was a certificate course, and it was called Contrast. Christians, um, it, was, it, was in, it was at Nottingham University. Christians of Nottingham, training and studying together. Is that the acronym right, maybe? Uh, and so um, I went on this course, and I sat down in a room with... Christians from every denomination. I mean, there were Seventh-day Adventists, there were Seventh-day, which was slightly different to Seventh-day Adventists, and there were Anglicans, and there were Baptists, and there were Methodists, and there were Catholics, there were Pentecostals, and there were Charismatics. And one of the things that I immediately realized was that not all Christians believe the same things about the same things. And the upshot of this, again, I, I, didn't, I couldn't really articulate it at the time. I realized that you need to be an independent student of scripture, meaning um, it's great to be part of a church. And I would, I would know it's not a journey you should make on your own and just try and work it out just for yourself. Great to be in a church, great to be part of a church. Um, but what I did was I, <laughs> I had this revelation that um, you need to be independent in your thinking. Don't just, you know, read the declarations of faith, the statement of faith of a church and ask yourself, do I believe the statements of faith? You should look at them and say, do they come from the scripture? Do, you know, and, and reject anything that's that's not in the scripture. Um, so in that way, you're an independent student of the, the scripture and an independent disciple uh, as you were also part of a body as well. You know, sometimes we see churches that go off the rails and I think that perhaps churches go off the rails and people go along with certain things because it's the leadership that have the authority, not the scripture. And it's the leadership that are designing the ideas rather than, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I'm not pointing at anybody, you know, I myself, you know, I'm quite a creative person and I can put things together in my mind that, you know, I think, oh, that makes sense. And until you look at it, you know, I've had one or two sort of madcap theological ideas over the years 
and uh, when I've gone looking for it in scripture you realize it's not there <laughs> so so yeah you need to be an independent student of scripture so I went to formal study quite quickly and then I actually over the years studied right through to a master's uh, degree in theology from York uh, St John University um, I would recommend that to anybody denominational study and bible study is great and you know i would encourage you that you participate in that as well but there's something really great about stepping into uh, formal study within the university setting and a lot of people are afraid of it and think oh it's going to get you know it's going to ruin your faith and do you know there are, there are a lot of ideas out there and uh they can challenge your faith and there's nothing wrong with that you know sometimes i think particularly well um all denominations but very very much the, the charismatic end of the church we can be you know everybody says amen at the same time and we we're trying to be you know this harmonize everything and 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 try and take the we try and take the bible and make it into this magical book that you know everything is like it's almost like it, it fluttered down from heaven on a breeze you know but you know the bible is a very human book as well it was written by humans with the influence of god and with the you know the bible says of itself that it um that you know it's, it's breathed by god you know um some but sometimes the terms like infallible um inerrant you know mean perfect there is that you but you know when when you look at some some of the older manuscripts you know sometimes you do find a little little conflicts of text nothing that is huge i have to say you know and i've looked at these things you know really really deeply over the years and carefully you know and, and you know for me i think that the bible is the book that god wanted us to have but to say that it's somehow some sort of magical document uh i understand why if we make that argument it can actually put somebody off who has actually looked into how the bible came together um because it's um you know it's it's, it's a book that is is god's word but it's 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 got a very uh, like everything that god does for some reason he involves us you know from adam and eve forward god involves us god brings us into 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 what he's doing you know so for me <clears throat> when i'm when i'm sharing my testimony with, with people that aren't christians um sometimes what, what i've said to them is this i said look <laughs> i can't deny what i've experienced that is that the upshot was that yeah i would ask those questions of the bible sat in the park and on the sunday the sermon would be about the thing i was thinking about i would have a question sat in the park and then i would go to church and somebody would hand me a book that was dealing with the, some of the questions that i got and this went on and on and on until you reach a point where it's beyond reasonable doubt that something is going on and 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 eventually i i i knew i needed to make a decision and i, I took a step of faith and you know did the whole way you put your hand up and you walk to the front and people pray for you and you make your confession of your sins and invite jesus into your life and yeah the journey continues um i think that there are a couple of really important texts for anybody who's thinking about um approaching god uh, and you know saying well you know I don't think that, I don't know if I believe but I would like to know you know there's something in that you're a genuine seeker and I think that's something personally in my experience that God responds to uh, in Deuteronomy 4 um, 
it, it says that. Oh, let me let me find it. I think I might have. Have I lost it? Have I lost it? Um, it says that um, if you seek Him, if you uh, the Lord your God, you will find Him if you seek Him with all of your heart. That's uh, Deuteronomy four and twenty nine. And there's a little context to it where where it's, it's God's people. They've kind of strayed and they've gone off with like some of the foreign gods you know they were making gods out of statues and god kind of says well, they can't help you they're just made out of wood um, and he says but um you will find uh if you if you will seek the lord your god you will find him when you seek him with all your heart so that's a in the old testament you know very early that promise is there cross over into the new testament jesus uh, says in in uh, Matthew seven seven, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. And I did have a little bit of a revelation at some point that if Jesus really is alive, if he came back from the dead and he's still around and he made that promise, well that promise still stands then as an experience. Seek and you ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. And so. You know, I would, um, you know, that's my, my experience has brought me to this point. It doesn't mean I haven't had questions or doubts or struggles along the way and still have, you know, things that I'm uh, I'm working through in my own faith, uh, understanding, uh, as you do in any relationship. Anybody who's been married for uh, more than um, the first day <laughs> will tell you that by day two, uh, that the challenges can enter that relationship. And uh some people might not like the um, the analogy, but uh, but with God, our relationships sometimes we it we it it's, it might not be even because of God, but certainly our own doubts and questions. You know, we shouldn't try and bury them and pretend they're not there. We should fully face them and and uh, and explore them and present them to God. God, you know, you said this, but how can this be? The Bible says um, that you know Judas fell in a field and his gut spilled out and elsewhere it says that he hanged himself which one was it i'm trying to understand you know don't be afraid of where you see what you think of discrepancies or things that create doubt you know you may be going through a horrendous time god why is this happening you know put that stuff to god you know just it's uh, like any relationship it should be raw and honest and open and um my experience is that that God responds I can't say any more than that really so you know the keys are you know be that independent student of scripture yourself be part of a church as well to make the journey with with other people uh to you know it's just a place where you sounding boards and people you can put questions to the only concern that I have about churches where they kind of have one source of information uh where you, you can't you're not allowed to go and google and sort of look at other people's ideas but they'll say no only read from this um th this source um and then um you know so focus on jesus be an independent student of scripture uh, as well as being part of a church you know own your own journey don't put your spiritual journey in other people's hands entirely you know i always say you know as a pastor as somebody who helps other people uh, in their faith you know, I don't want you to be following me. I think it's Paul says, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. You know, you should be, uh, even as, as, as I'm speaking today, you should be thinking, is this right? You know, is this is this a reasonable way to to um, uh, to approach a, a faith journey? 
I would say that it's been my experience that, that it is, and it's fundamentally based in the expectation that God will respond to you personally. And, you know, some of my uh, mental health colleagues may say that this sounds a little bit like psychosis that I'm um, inviting. But my experience is both scripturally and in my own life and in the life of people that I've known and walked with for 30 years is that when we ask, um, we do receive. When we seek, we do find. And when we do knock, that God opens the door. So I hope that some of this has been helpful to you. And, uh, you know, please, please, you know, uh, give me some feedback. You know, speak, you know, speak to me if you see me around in church or you may want to to, to leave uh, a message or, you know, rate the podcast uh, where, wherever you're listening to it. And, um, you know, throw some questions our way and we'll be working on them. So God bless you. I hope that you have uh, a great um, uh, a week ahead and uh, God bless you.